Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of our evaluation of incidentalomas, looking at some practical strategies. Now, we left off with some of the basic principles last time, and now let's get down to some very specific problems. One of the problems is a high-density renal cyst. If you look at this case, you see a mass in the left kidney. It was a non-contrast scan. The mass on the left kidney is well-defined. It's 86 Hounsfield units. Do I need to do anything else in this case? Well, if you gave IV contrast, this was not uh, done specifically for the kidney. The attenuation of the lesion really doesn't change. It remains about 94, which is less than 10. So it's really not enhancing. It's very well defined. And if you go to the delayed phase imaging, it's 82. So really you have a mass, two centimeters plus, that's measuring in the 80 Hounsfield unit range that doesn't change. Now it's interesting if you only looked at this image and this was all you had, the excretory phase, you would say this is solid mass, 82 Hounsfield units, likely a papillary renal cell carcinoma. If you went to this phase only, arterial, you would say this is solid mass measuring 94 renal cell carcinoma. If you went to this image, you would say it's a high-density renal cyst. This is the challenge. When you don't have a non-contrast skin, a lesion can be confused with a hypovascular renal cell carcinoma. Remember, 25% of all renal cell carcinomas, theoretically to be resected, end up being benign, and this is one of the great causes. So several rules I have. One, well-defined over 70 Hounsfield units, non-contrast, it's always benign. If you have a lesion like this, you have to say you're concerned about malignancy, but recommend a non-contrast scan to be certain. And number three, if a lesion doesn't change between two phases, there's a good chance there's no enhancement and it's a high-density renal cyst. This article by Jonich way back when, homogeneous renal mass over 70 HU, has a 99.9% .9 chance of being benign. And I think that's a very, very good rule. I think that works out very nicely. Again, the key is you don't want to miss any tumors, but you don't want to be overcalling things. O'Connor, the incidental finding of a renal mass is relatively common on non-contrast CT, but imaging criteria can be used for reliable identification of most of these lesions as benign without further workup. Mean attenuation alone seems to be reliable. Now, if you look at uh, that same article, masses over sonamine are containing fat or with attenuation under 20 or over 70 are considered benign if they don't have thickened septations or thickened walls. Between 20 and 70, they're considered indeterminate. So I think that's a very, very good rule. This article by Polar made the point that renal cell carcinoma is typically measured on non-contrast about 37 Hounsfield units. And again, this 20 to 70 was the danger zone. Below 20 or over 70, those are benign lesions. Okay, so again, now we can really cone down into what patients we need to worry about and what patients we don't need to worry about. And that's especially helpful in the ER if you have a non-contrast CT scan. 
So here's a chart we did, non-contrast scans, over 70, high density, 20 to 7, indeterminate, 0 to 20, a simple cyst, and minus 20 to minus 50, a renal angiomyolipoma. Again, 37 was the magic number for cancer, but that 20 to 70 gives you a lot of leeway. Now, another example, mass left kidney. Again, first thing you're going to say, solid mass, well-defined, likely papillary renal cell carcinoma. And maybe there's also some faint calcifications in the lesion, perhaps. But again, tumor. Excretory phase. The lesion, well-defined, looking only at the excretory phase, you would say, again, solid tumor, papillary. But if you compare the two phases, the attenuation did not change. And this is the classic appearance of a high-density renal cyst. Now, the best way to manage this patient is just bring them back for a delayed scan or a day later for a non-contrast scan, as it would be. And you can see this a high-density renal cyst, very faint calcifications that never showed any enhancement. Again, these are the lesions that would go to surgery, get a partial nephrectomy, and would come back benign. So a very important way of managing patients correctly. Again, these are often incidentalomas. You want to recognize them for what they are. High-density renal cysts, totally benign, no malignant potential, and stop the workup right there. Now, another pitfall in renal masses are angiomyolipomas. Now, most angiomyolipomas are no issue. You have a large mass like this one. It's totally fat. It's an angiomyolipoma. The questions really will come up at some point. When do you need to prophylactically resect them? Some people say over 5 cm. Some people say 4 cm. Some people say when there's prominent vessels. You're not, of course, worried about malignancy. You're worried about the possibility of bleed. But that lesion, 3 cm, benign, next case. What about this case? Look at the patient's left kidney. It looks like a mass there in the non-contrast, and there's a little dot here, right? Here it is with contrast excretory phase. There's a little dot. Well, if you pay attention to that little dot, and you measure that little dot, and you notice there are several other little dots present, they measure negative Hounsfield units. This is a wonderful example of a fat, poor angiomyolipoma. Now, people have written articles about renal cells that contain fat. Well, it's not really containing fat. Those are usually aggressive-looking renal cells that involve the perirenal fat. When you have a well-defined mass with minimal fat, that's an angiomyolipoma, and you could stop right there. Now, it can be tricky, because here's an incidental lesion in the right kidney. Now, one rule people typically do follow, if you have a small lesion over one centimeter or under one centimeter, that is, simply follow it. Do not be ablating, do not be resecting lesions under a centimeter because the likelihood of you making a mistake and calling something a malignancy is too high. If you look at this lesion and you look very carefully, you can see there was a little dot there, you put a cursor, minus 63 Hounsfield units. Again, the key is to look very carefully. There's also a small angiomyolipoma in the contralateral kidney. Very difficult to see when you're in a rush. Put the cursor there. It's easy to do. Now, I think the term incidentaloma really started with the adrenal gland. Non-functioning adrenal tumor discovered on an imaging study performed for indications exclusive of adrenal-related conditions.
Now, the thing about adrenal lesions is they're very common. People talk about 5% prevalence, but if you look at older patients, patients with diabetes, patients with thyroid disease, patients who are obese, the frequency probably is in the high single digits, approaching 10%. In this article by Song, they looked at 1,049 consecutive adrenal masses in patients with no known malignancy. Well, what they found was these are benign lesions, mostly adenomas, and sometimes myelolipomas. Now, the rule, of course, is patients have no known malignancy. If you have a known malignancy, still the likelihood of a small lesion being benign is high, but your suspicion changes when you have a known malignancy. In this article, they also make the point that even a lesion with over 10 Hounsfield units on non-contrast studies ended up being benign, like I mentioned 30, when they were well-defined under 3CM and a patient had no known malignancy. The typical rule is a lesion under 3 or 4CM, well-defined, non-contrast, under 10 Hounsfield units is an adenoma. Corwin then looked at another cohort of patients. What if you had bilateral adrenal nodules in a patient without cancer? Well, 322 consecutive patients, no known cancer, all of the adrenal nodules, even though they were bilateral, were benign. We found no case of malignancy and 322 incidentally detected bilateral adrenal nodules at CT exam of 161 patients, okay? So their point was you don't necessarily need to follow these patients. Uh, Corwin goes on to say that one of the things we're looking at is the fact that you don't want to do extensive workup on these patients because if you start calling everything canonic malignancy, this can lead to extensive further cascades of imaging and interventional workups that can be costly and cause morbidity and psychological stress. Again, it's a balance, right? It's surely going to be a balance. When you have these incidentalomas, again, how do we manage patients? Now, a lot of the endocrinologists now will say, even though a lesion is benign looking, and looks like an adenoma on CT, they're not going to argue with that. But how do, how do you know it's a non-functioning adenoma? Perhaps it's not a hyper-functioning adenoma, or at least the patient has no symptoms. Many of the urologic societies and the endocrine societies are suggesting that incidental adrenal, incidental adrenal lesions should go on to some sort of workup to look at least at their lab values and make sure you're not dealing with a functioning tumor that's not hyperfunctioning at this time. And you can see some, um, some people do put on their reports that disclaimer. In this article by Ichimusu, detection of uh, an incidental adrenal adenoma warrants clinical, biochemical, and radiologic evaluation to establish its secretory status and risk of malignancy. Identification of an adrenal incidentaloma may be an opportunity to identify an underlying secretory tumor that may have been otherwise unrecognized. And you can see where this was published, Endocrinology Metabolic Clinics of North America. So again, radiologists looking at uh, lesions are trying to say malignant or not. The endocrine people are saying, not everything is a malignancy, 
that's important. Functioning tumors can be very, very important. Recent article by Glazer, adrenal incidentalomas are defined as nodules greater than 1 cm, incidentally discovered during imaging performed for non-adrenal causes. They're common because of their prevalence. It is going to increase with an older population. Most incidentally detected adrenal nodules are benign, most commonly non-functioning adenomas. Although almost all small adrenal nodules can be safely ignored, a small percent of uh, these lesions discovered require further workup to see if they represent uh, concerning lesions. Now, of course, as we mentioned, uh, we'd like to think about most incidental lesions as being benign. But now articles will show 17% of adrenal cortical carcinomas are incidental findings. Three quarters of pheochromocytomas are incidental finding. And metastasis, of course, uh, usually we have patient as a known primary, but not always. When we look at an adrenal mass, what do we think about? Well, we look at the clinical history, known malignancy, patient is cushionoid, patient has back pain. Then we look at the lesion, we look at size. Typically, four is a magic number, four CM. Is it unilateral or bilateral? What's the attenuation? If you give IV contrast, what's its enhancement pattern? Is there fat or calcification? If there's gross fat, then I'm thinking of a myelolipoma. If there's rim-like calcification, I'm thinking about an old hematoma. Again, density-wise, 10 Hounsfield units is typically the magic number. It's a lipid-rich adrenal adenoma under 10 Hounsfield units. But again, it does not mean that it's a non-functioning tumor. Just some simple examples. Here's a well-defined adrenal lesion, measures minus 56 Hounsfield units. Uh, minimum, the mean is zero. It's an adenoma. Very, very simple. The challenge, of course, is when you have contrast on board, it's very important to remember that even the most benign adenoma can enhance with contrast. So here, if you had this lesion, but you had IV contrast on board early phase, the lesion measures 64. If that's your only set of images, there's no way you could determine whether it's a benign incidentaloma or it needs further evaluation. One of the things we learned is we look at the washout. What does a adrenal lesion do over time? Here, it was 31 Hounsfield units, so dropped by half at 10 minutes post-injection. We look at the washout value. Now, the thing people have spoken about, if a lesion washes out between time zero, which is, let's say, one minute the venous phase, uh, and the um, 15 minute, then we talk about the lesion being a incidentaloma and just an adrenal adenoma. But there are pitfalls. One of the things you can look at is this case. Well-defined lesion, it looks kind of benign, incidental, but it's 50 Hounsfield units. You have to do an adrenal workup. You can't assume this is a benign adenoma, though it could be a lipid-poor adenoma. It's possible, but when you give IV contrast and you scan it one minute, that lesion is very, very bright, and when you measure it, it's 164 Hounsfield units. Now, the thing you need to do and say, well, it's 60, and it went to 160, 
What's its washout value? Is it going to wash out more than 60%? It drops down to 90 or so. It's an adenoma. Well, here's an important rule. If an adrenal lesion enhances more than 120 Hounsfield units, over 120, we used to say 110, but let's say 120, then you have to worry it's a pheochromocytoma. Adenomas do not enhance above 120, and that's a pretty good rule. So you want to, we'll talk about that more in the adrenal talk, but that's a good way of thinking of things. Obviously, some lesions become easy to diagnose. This is a large fatty tumor, right? Adrenal and adrenal myelolipoma. Not all myelolipomas have so much fat. They can be relatively limited fat. Here's a myelolipoma, minimal fat, and punctate calcifications. I do like to see punctate calcification. That also makes my job easier in terms of diagnosis. And here's a giant adrenal myelolipoma. Now, it used to be said over 7 cm they're resected because of the potential to bleed. There's no malignant potential with myelolipomas. It's the concern for bleeding. Every once in a while, people will look at this and say, oh, liposarcoma. At times, obviously, retroperitoneal liposarcomas are not that uncommon. It's the most common retroperitoneal tumor, though indeed rare. But again, you have to look at the epicenter, look at the coronal views. It makes life a lot easier. This is in the adrenal bed. This is not a liposarcoma. It's a giant myelolipoma. Myelolipomas are uncommon benign tumors. They're usually found in older patients. They're often detected as we do workup for staging of malignancy. So again, you're not going to have a problem typically making the diagnosis. It's a leave-alone lesion. Occasionally, they can be positive on PET because of the presence of brown fat. Again, the issue with myelolipomas typically is the fact that they can get large and cause symptoms of pain, or they can spontaneously bleed. Now, one of the things we always are concerned about, and the reason we look at adrenal lesions carefully, what about malignancy? Well, in this article from the Mayo Clinic, they look carefully at larger incidental adrenal tumors, and what did it mean? Well, the larger the tumor, the more likely malignancy. The prevalence of malignancy in patients with adrenal tumors of 4CM or more was 31%. Older age, male, non-incidental mode of discovery, larger tumor size, and higher unenhanced CT attenuation were associated with an increased risk of malignancy. Clinical context should guide management in patients with adrenal tumors of 4CM or greater. Now, that doesn't mean a lesion 4CM or greater is going to be a malignancy. Here's an incidental 6-centimeter lesion, well-defined water density faint calcification. That was an adrenal cyst. I will admit adrenal cysts can have rim-like calcification. When I start seeing thick rim-like calcification, I'm typically thinking about an old hematoma. On the other hand, this was a PE study which went a little bit too far in the abdomen and you found this left adrenal mass. This is large, it's enhancing, it's vascular. That's a classic adrenal cortical carcinoma. Incidental finding. As I mentioned, 17% of adrenal cortical carcinomas will be incidental findings. Again, I don't think any of us are going to confuse this with an adenoma, a cyst, or any other benign lesion. This is adrenal cortical carcinoma. Can you be fooled? Well, you could be fooled by an aggressive pheochromocytoma, perhaps, theoretically metastatic disease. But in this case, with IVC involvement, 
it's likely going to be an ACC. And here it is on the washout with the IVC and renal vein involvement. Another patient, this was a patient with ulcerative colitis. You can see on the images the thickened colon, but there's an adrenal mass. That was an incidental adrenal cortical carcinoma. Now, adrenal cortical carcinomas are more common in females. They're more common around age 30, 35, but they can occur almost at any age, and they can be incidental findings, even though you'd say, oh my goodness, look how large this lesion is. It should have been detected or presented earlier. That's often not the case. In that article from the Mayo Clinic, again, compared with benign tumors, malignant tumors were less frequently diagnosed incidentally, were larger and had higher unenhanced CT attenuation. But again, you could see that many malignant tumors, primary and at times uh, metastatic, are picked up incidentally. Pheochromocytomas were diagnosed in 22% of our cohort patients, with half being incidentally detected. We published an article a number of years ago that showed in Hopkins' experience, 70% of the patients had their pheo detected incidentally. Now, pheos are a good, um, potentially tricky tumor. Here's an incidental adrenal mass. It's not under 10 Hounsfield units. You can see it's denser than the left kidney, measuring 42 Hounsfield units. You would do a washout value. But here, look how vascular it is. It's 150. As I said, the rule is under 120. Now, pheos will wash out very quickly. If you go by a washout value, you'll end up calling many of them adenomas. But again, the rule is over 120, do not use the washout value. It doesn't matter because pheos will wash out very significantly. Now, in this incidental adrenal lesion, let me just end with the point that, again, a lot of concern about these incidental lesions. Yes, they're benign, but are they needed to be worked up? The European Society of Endocrinology and the European Network for the Study of Adrenal Tumors has taken a simpler approach and recommends no further workup imaging for nodules under 4CM with a non-enhanced attenuation of less than 10, while other endocrine societies in the U.S. are suggesting that these lesions be followed up. You can see the American Association of Clinical Endocrinology and the American Association of Endocrine Surgeons have taken a more conservative approach and recommend imaging evaluation three to six months after initial diagnosis, and then annually for one to two years for all nodules less than 4CM, even though with benign characteristics. Now, I think um, at this point, radiology tends to rule the day but there's a big push by the endocrine surgeons and the endocrinologists to have more aggressive workup on any adrenal nodule. Now, the next thing I wanna discuss is the incidental pancreatic lesion, but let's stop here. We've kind of used it by time and come back in a few minutes and start with the pancreatic mass. See you then. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.